Fantastic. Let me say a word of prayer. Father, thank you for another beautiful opportunity to um, just listen to your word. I pray that as I bring this word this morning that um, you will speak through me and that every word that will come out of my mouth will not be my words, but will be your word. And together, both the preacher and the listener will be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, very quickly, um, obviously we've been on slowdown uh, for a couple of um, weeks now, um, and um, I get to have an opportunity to say something <laughs> on slowdown. It's been nice, you know, two months, you know, off the pulpits, you know, just coming and listening and being blessed. So, and thank you everyone who has stepped up and, you know, just ministered, you know, in the course of the couple of months. Um, so one thing that has been very clear is the fact that we live in a very fast-paced world. Um, different preachers and teachers have come up to give us an idea of that, what that looks like. Everything is fast-paced, you know, and if care is not taken, you're just, you know, swept off your feet and you're just carried along as it were your feet not touching the ground you're just being carried have you been at the underground in london <laughs> literally if you don't hold your ground they will carry you like that <laughs> very fast paced you know um, and so life is just like that and it's an endless cycle so to speak but in the midst of all of that you know God's word has come to us clearly as a church that we need to slow down and you know the, the idea of slowing down isn't just about a secular endeavors sometimes in the course of doing God's work we sometimes need to slow down sometimes we get caught up in all the activities and all the serving and um, almost neglect the things that are important and so this morning I've titled um, this message sit then serve okay you'll find out why in a minute our text this morning is Luke chapter 10 I hope he's, um, he's clear enough. I came in this morning, I tried to project, I saw how tiny the passages were, so I had to enlarge them a little bit. I hope that um, that works. Okay, um, so Luke chapter 10, from verse 38 to 42, and I'll just read, if you can look at the screen, good. So now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Next. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Amen. Okay, so um, I'll just run through the passage. Very short passage, but very packed. 
And what I'll try to do this morning is just to go verse by verse and just unpack a few things and then give us a couple of points to take home. Does that sound like a good plan? Are you ready? Right, fasten your seatbelt. Let's go on a ride. Ready? Cool. Right, okay, so... So the Bible tells us that if you read the preceding verses, you know, there is a story about how Jesus sent out um, the 70. Um, so it's been a, minish, a busy, so to speak, you know, time for Jesus. And so with all those busyness of ministry, you know, that was, it was in the same passage. He told the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, and all of that. And so he's been engaging with the crowd. He's been sending out disciples and they've been coming back and all of that. And so this was at a point where Jesus, so to speak, was retreating from the busyness of the day. And then Bible tells us that he went to this village. Now we're not told the village, but we believe is Bethany. Um, Bethany is from Jerusalem, is about two miles. Um, we have an idea of that in John 11, verses 1 and 8. You can check that out. Um, and so what we see in this verse 38 is the fact that Bible says, Martha welcomed him into her house. Martha welcomed the Lord into her house. And you know the word used for welcome doesn't just mean that we just allowed him to or she just allowed him to enter the house, but it, it connotes the idea of a kind and hospitable reception. So basically uh, this was the master probably tired after a long day and then he branched off at this village, at this house in Bethany of Martha. And Bible says Martha received him, welcomed him hospitably and served him. And that is the context you know, of the, this particular passage. It's believed that Martha is the owner of the house um, and um, some people believe she was a widow at this time and she was the head of the household. Um, she has a sister living with her, Mary, who also got mentioned um, in the story. Um, and then a brother called Lazarus, um, which obviously you must have heard about. So there is Mary, there is Martha, and there is Lazarus. Even though he's not said to us here, but I suspect that Jesus must have come around with a bit of an entourage. You know, a man like Jesus, you know, walking miracles. And for starters, he had 12 disciples. Okay, not to talk the crowd. So let's even say that they were able, like most of the time, the disciples would try to do that. Guys, it's enough. Can you go? And Jesus was like, well, give them something to eat and all that. So let's even say they successfully dispersed the crowd, I suspect. That Jesus must have gone into Martha's house with at least 12 other people. So I suspect that Martha then must have a bit of catering to do. You know, looking after 13 hungry men. <laughs> you know, so and, and you know, receiving visitors and hosting guests in the Jewish culture isn't. Um, it wasn't something like it was a big deal, you know, like it, it was always like 
an event on its own pretty much you know you're not just going to have them coming in fact you probably will wash their feet first as they are coming you know get them a towel to clean their feet and all of that you know maybe oil or anoint their feet as well and then start making food and all those kind of things which most of the time they make fresh yeah no refrigeration you see um <laughs> so i suspect that mary must have had a bit of catering to them um, but when I look at the story, I, I once again appreciate how much we need the matter ministry. I mean, look at the picture. The Lord of glory, the master of the universe has been on seven. But then here was a woman who made her house available. And not just made her house available, but made herself available to minister to the Lord. I, I see that, you know, frontline ministry over and over again succeed, thrive and flourish because there's always a support ministry to it. I mean, I, I just stand up now and start preaching on this, you know, pulpit or lectern. Someone made this available. Yeah? Someone is by the projector, you know, trying to get the words out. I mean, Tim and um, Simon I've been working all, all morning trying to get us a good sound. You know, by the way, let's appreciate Simon for coming around to, you know, just minister to us. And so right here in this passage, we see Jesus being ministered to. We see Jesus, the almighty Jesus, receiving service, receiving ministry from this woman called Martha. And we see the same idea, the same example in all of our scripture. You know, the early church had it, you know, in Acts chapter, chapter 6. The Bible tells us of the story of how, you know, the church was growing and then, you know, food became an issue. And then the, 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 the early apostles had to appoint, say, see, let us appoint men full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom who will look after these matters so that nobody is left uncatered for, so that we then can focus on the word of the Lord and prayers. Now, the disciples couldn't, you know, do all they needed to do as apostles of Christ Jesus and effectively look after everyone. So they needed support structure. They needed support ministry. And so they were ministered to by these guys. You know, the man Paul also had this idea you know we talk about Paul great man Paul you know he wrote you know the, the, the most part of the New Testament and all that but did you know that Paul didn't do all that by himself Paul needed someone to carry his parchment of scripture Paul needed someone to provide for him many times Paul will write to the churches especially the Philippians they say I, I thank you for the gifts that you have sent to me you know people supported Paul and I was talking about Jesus earlier, you know, we're reading from this story about Martha, but if you read in other passages of the scripture, for example, Luke chapter 8, 2 to 3, you, you hear mention of women like Mary Magdalene, you hear of Joanna, you hear of Susanna, women who Bible says ministered to him, women who supported the work that Jesus was doing. I'm just trying to emphasize before I move on this morning how it is important that the frontline ministry is supported by, you know, the backhand ministry, so to speak. Just like what Martha was doing here. 
I'd like us to read a scripture, if you don't mind, um, and that is the particular one that Paul, you know, mentioned. So in Romans and chapter 16, I'll just, just a few verses, I'll just read, just to reinforce what I'm trying to say. Romans 16, very quickly. And I'll just read from verse 1. So this is Paul just greeting some people after a long letter. Paul says, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinitus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Amphiliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Ubanos, our co-workers in Christ, and my dear friend Statues. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodion, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Great Trifina and Trifosa, those women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me, too. Greet Asyncritus, Flingon, Amis, Patrobas, Hamas, and other brothers and sisters in them. It says, great philologos, Julia, Nereus, and, and his sister, Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the church of Christ send greetings. I mean, this is like Paul recounting. I mean, you see the Mount Paul at the forefront, but look at how much support structure Paul had to be able to do what he did. And this morning, I just want to celebrate some matters. Amen. I want to celebrate some matters. Um, I want to introduce to you two people. Check out if you know them. There we go. So I have Mata and Matthias. Um, <laughs> you might not see the other picture very quickly. Um, now, permit me, you all are great people um, in King's Church, but I want to specially celebrate people. If I celebrate all of you, it won't be special. Is that okay? Yeah, I just want to celebrate Martha. You know the Martha I'm talking about? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, this, this woman is incredible. I mean, the way she serves and looks after God's house is incredible. And I just thought, talking about Martha today, I should appreciate and celebrate her. And then I have Matthias. You, how many of you can guess who Matthias is? Team, team. Please celebrate team. 
Yeah, I mean, the man comes in early and probably leaves after we're all gone, making sure. He came in this morning and, you know, the roof was falling off and he had to attend to it. Please greet Matthias for me. Amen. Yeah, so I really do appreciate you guys and every one of you that are serving one way or the other. I'm just saying that the matter ministry is incredibly important to us as a church. And then the story continues. Now the Bible then says to us in verse 39, And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, if you see the, the, the way the Bible renders that next verse, it's almost as though it's contrasting what Mary did to what Martha did. Okay? So, whilst Martha was busy serving the Lord, looking after the Lord, the Bible says Mary sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to him. You see, the idea of being sat at the Lord's feet is something that in the ancient Asian Jewish culture, you know, was how disciples would sit at the feet of their master, at the feet of their teacher. It was how disciples would humble themselves and listen to their master, receiving instructions with every keen interest to learn and to do what they are being told. And so here we have a picture of Mary, who is a disciple, who wasn't busy like Martha was busy, but was sat at the Lord's feet, listening to, to God's word, listening to Jesus. You know, the man Paul gives us a picture of this in Acts 22 and verse 3, when he describes himself as one who learned under the feet of Gamaliel. So, in other words, as a disciple, you come, you know, when your master sits down, you, I mean, when your master sits down, you sit at your master's, master's feet to hear everything that he said. So it's a posture of, you know, humility, it's a posture of submission, you know, and listening. And I love the word listen there because it doesn't just mean that she listened once, but she keeps listening. So she sat at the feet of the master and she was listening and she was listening and she was listening and she kept listening to what the master had to say. Verse 14, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. You see, the word distracted there is worthy of note. You see, the, the point of all I want to say to us this morning is the fact that there is the place of serving and there is the place of sitting. And my recommendation, as we found it in this passage, is that there has to be... A right order to it. And that's why I'm suggesting sit and then serve. Now look at what happens here. You know, the Bible says of Martha, verse 40, that Martha was distracted with much serving. Now let's look up the word distracted. Can you see the screen? Now it says a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to someone else. A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to someone else. And then if you look at the the second definition, it says extreme agitation of the mind 
or emotions. Now, as we will later find out, not only was Martha not able to give attention to Jesus because she was so distracted or she was so, um, shall I say, preoccupied by the servant. Now, the weight of what was going on here was that it wasn't just that she couldn't attend to Jesus. It was much more than that. It was that the whole idea of serving had become a burden to her. So she was feeling so much agitation and frustration and, you know, as it were, anxiety. Now, in this particular verse, we might not see that full picture, but as we go on, we'll see it. So serving becomes a sin or becomes wrong when it distracts you from the master. Now, don't let us get it wrong. What Martha was doing in serving was not wrong. Now, I just spent a few minutes saying how we need the Martha ministry. Incredibly invaluable and important to the church and to the mission of God. We need Martha's in the church of God for us to accomplish what God has sent us to. But serving can become a distraction if it takes your eye away from the goal from the master. Now here was Jesus in the house and Martha couldn't even just sit. Why? Because she had a lot to do. Mind you, like I said, I suspect Jesus Christ might have come with, you know, some entourage, some guys, and she was like, oh, I've got to minister to this guy. Noble intention, noble great heart, but it becomes awkward and wrong when it distracts you, takes you away from the master. You see, when serving becomes like that, then it is time to slow down. When serving becomes a burden, it becomes it, be, it is a signal for you to slow down. You see, have you ever been to visit someone and the person is so preoccupied, he doesn't even have time for you? And you're like, come, come and sit down. Let, I want to gist. I want to talk to you. And the person says, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then he runs to the kitchen. He gets down. And you're like, just sit down. Now, I suspect that Jesus was feeling the same, like, I've come to see you. It's great that you're trying to minister to me, but I would rather that you sit with me. You see, relationship, guys, is more important than activity. You know, sometimes, you know, um, your husband or your wife is like, oh, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for, you know, your well-being. And like, yeah, I know, but I want you at home. <laughs> or oh, I have to do the other job so that I can be able to provide for you. And the wife is like, thanks. I want you at home. Why? Because beyond all that we do for people, people value relationship presence time more and the lord is not you know an exception now it seems to me as though in all that we do for the lord he wants us he wants us now let us go on in there so what's really going on here was not just that martha was distracted and not having time for the lord but she was really strained anxious and overloaded by the burden of the catering you know things like do i have enough time to get it ready 
You know, I hope nothing goes wrong. Maybe I just make a bonfire. I hope it turns out okay. I hope it is sweet or delicious enough for the Lord. Oh, I, I hope I have enough to go around all of them. She, her mind was all over the place. And she was like, okay, um, I hope it's the right quantity. Um, ah, it's salty. No, ah, Mary is not even here to even give me. Yeah. And she was like sweating. How many of you remember um, Bake Off? Or Master Chef. You know how those guys run around. Well, help me out here. You know, all those guys run around in the kitchen. You know, the 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 panic. You know, like everybody like you have five minutes or oh, five minutes is a long time. You have two minutes to go. Now I never still understand how the time they announce. And when it's all done, how they manage to finish in that time? I never know. I, I don't understand. I like it's not possible. You couldn't have finished that thing in two minutes. But you know, lo and behold, the end product comes and like they are done. Like, how did you do that in two minutes? You know, and so that is the picture I see here. That she was all over the place, frantically. You know, she's making sauce on one stove, and she's making, you know, side on another stove. And while she's carrying one thing, she's looking at her leg to check the other thing. And she was just all over the place. The burden. Serving the Lord had become a burden for her. It's become a very, you know, shall I say, torturous emotional situation for her. At this time, Martha was already having attitude. Look at what happened. Verse 41. Or verse 40. I was still in verse 40. And then she went to the Lord. So at this time, Martha was. Oh, Martha had a word for the Lord. You know, she was like. Now, if you read it, I mean, clearly she told Jesus off. No, 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 seriously. She went to the master and I was like, Mary, I don't, have, I, I don't even have your time now. I will talk to the Lord. Lord, <laughs> do you not care? Now, 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 let's pause there first and foremost. You see, when the burden of serving the Lord stresses you, to that point where you doubt if the Lord cares, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. When the burden for the work of the Lord makes you doubt the love, the care, the interest of the Lord in you, you need to slow down. Look at the next verse, uh, the next slide. That is this, this is not in this passage. No, no, go on. It's not in this particular passage. I, I just borrowed it from John 11 verse 5. Now there's something the Bible tells us about Mary and her household. Now, Bible says now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, Martha didn't have to put up a performance to earn the love and the care of the master because the master came to her house in the first place because he accepted her. 
And here was Martha trying to do everything she was doing to put up a performance or a show to please the master. And when she was overwhelmed by all of it, she began to even doubt if the master loved her. I was going, I hope he's good enough. I hope, I hope he will come again after this particular meal because I'm not even sure how this is going. When the work of the Lord gets that burdensome that you have to have a word for the Lord, you become offended at God and bitter against your brother, your sister, you need to slow down. Look at what she said. She began to have attitude. She began to feel she was all alone. She began to feel isolated. And she was like, why do you not care that I am doing this all alone. You know, you begin to have a sense of, I'm the only one serving God. You become, you become judgmental against other people that are not running around like you're running around. Why is everybody not panicking with me? No, no, no. Seriously. Have you ever been in that situation where someone is all over the place, panicking, is running to skelter, and you are cool, calm, and collected, and they are offended that you are not running up and down? Why, why, why am I the only one agitated here? Why is everybody not running around like I am? She had attitude for the Lord, and she was of unjudgmental. Almost like saying, what is Mary doing sitting down there? Why am I the only one serving? Why am I the only one ministering to the Lord? Now when the ministry of the Lord or the service of the Lord becomes like that, friends, you have to slow down. Now, back to the point I made earlier. Martha didn't have to put up a show for the Lord because the Lord accepted her anyway. The reason the Lord came to her house was because the Lord accepted her. And it wasn't going to be the outcome of the cooking. Are we still together? So she allowed something legitimate as serving the Lord to become a source of anxiety and a heavy load. And when this happened, you get disillusioned, you feel you are the only one serving the Lord, you feel unappreciated. You're offended at the Lord, and you have a sense of entitlement. Mary, I mean, Martha was demanding that the Lord will issue an instruction on her behalf. After all, I'm serving the Lord. She became judgmental and bitter. See what the Lord has to say to her. Verse 41. Verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Now here we have a, an unpacking of what the distraction meant. We just saw the word distraction, but now Jesus breaks it down and says, See, matter. the issue is not that you're serving. The issue is that you're anxious. The issue is that you're doubting my love. The issue is that you're trying to earn an acceptance and you're trying to make yourself feel cool by what you're doing for me. It says, Martha, Martha, if your spouse 
or your parent or your child calls your name either in full or fondly or with a stress something is coming so when the Lord said Martha, Martha or when Irene says Russell (laughs) you know you are Ross but when Russell comes oh my you better call the pastor (laughs) you phone a friend now Jesus called Martha not once twice Martha Martha slow down you are anxious you are troubled about many things verse 42 but one thing is necessary one thing is necessary one thing is necessary you see my it's important that we are not preoccupied with the work of the Lord and neglect the God of the work says you are, you, are, you are troubled about many things but one thing is needful it says Mary has chosen that good portion sitting at my feet spending time with me I would love to eat your meal Martha but I would love rather that you sit with me You are troubled about many things. But one thing is made for. And then it goes on to say, Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her. In closing, I just want to give us three things to take up. Number one, help me. When working for God is becoming a burden then it's time to slow down. When you're not excited doing the work for God, when you're not, you know, doing it out of your love for God, when it becomes a duty, something you have to do so that you won't be told off, or so that you could appear to be doing it, you need to pause and slow down. The work of the Lord is not meant to be burdensome. The work of the Lord is meant to be exciting and enjoyable. When it gets to that point where it's becoming a burden, you need to slow down and sit. Let me show you a verse. A verse. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Jesus speaking here. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Exactly what Mary was doing. It says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Look at verse 30. It says, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. 
And so if carrying the burden of the Lord or carrying the, or serving the Lord becomes a burden, then we are not doing something right. Does that make sense? So Jesus said, come to me. Those of you have every load on you. I will give you rest. How do you come to the one who gives rest and you are burdened? It means that something is not right in the equation. And so when you see yourself at this point as a believer, you need to slow down and sit. One more scripture. First John chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So whatever God has called us to do for him, with him, in him, is not supposed to be burdensome. When it gets burdensome and is giving you sleepless night and anxiety, you need to slow down. Take home number two. Now God is more interested in you spending time with him than spending time working for him. God is more interested in you spending time with him than spending time working for him. And so in all that you do, seek to spend time with him. Seek and then serve. I think I have a scripture on that. Next it will be the same one. So it says, come to me all you who labor and have a little now. I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, the very first thing I want you to do when you come to me is that as a disciple, you sit at my feet and you learn of me. Now when you learn of the Lord, verse 30 becomes a reality. You find the burden easy or the yoke easy and the burden light. Do I have one more scripture on that? Yeah, I love this. Psalm 73, 25 to 26 says, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Even God's work, as spiritual as it sounds, cannot take the place of God. You see, I learned something very important from my wife. I love to do many things for her, you know, practical things, you know, walk around the house, you know, do stuff. And then she would say to me, I don't want those. What I want is your time. You see, no matter how much you do for someone, if you do not do for them what they want to be done for them, you are wasting your time because you are doing your, you are on your own. As you are doing your own thing. Now, you need to recognize someone's love language for you to get across to them. And so if I'm doing all the running around and it's not what catches your fancy, I'm only burning energy. And I'm not reaching you. Now the Lord is saying here uh, that beyond what you would do for me, I want you, not yours. I want you, not yours. The psalmist says the Lord is my portion forever. 
Number last. Take home three. You see, the stamina builds at, the, at his presence helps you last in service. You know why people burn out? You know why people can't continue in the long run? It's because they do the work and neglect the God of the work. Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part and it will not be taken away from her. In other words, after I have gone, the strength, the insight, the stamina that Mary has received as a result of spending time with me will sustain her. You see, the service, someone else can do it. What you get from that personal time with God cannot be taken from you. It's your insight. It's your revelation. It's your personal touch. See, I say this all the time. When I come and preach God's word and it's about 30 minutes or maybe 40 minutes, it probably are taking days and weeks and hours of putting that together and I'm trying to compress in 30 minutes. You couldn't have received every of the insight I got when I was preparing it. Does that make sense? It's for me. It cannot be taken away from me. And so when I do sit and serve, I'm able to last because there is strength in sitting before serving. In conclusion, the point of all I'm saying this morning is that it's not that we choose either Mary or Martha. We need Martha's. We need to serve. The point is that we get the order right. The point is that we spend time with the Lord. The point is that in all the business and all the sense of it has to be done, it has to be done, it has to be done, we must create time to sit at the lost feet and spend time with Him. And from that place of sitting, we can then serve. Amen. Do you have a song for us? All right. So I'll just allow Ross to play. And um, I'll just beg you to spend a moment, you know, just listening to the song and let it wash over you. And just ask the Lord, what would he have you do? And just ask the Lord how you might give him some more time and how you can prioritize his presence.